The Other League Podcast. Welcome to episode four. It's four episodes, Chase. We've been doing this for a month. It is the Other League Podcast. I am Captain XFL and joined, as always, by Garage God Chase. How are you, Chase? What's up? This, this is the Quattro. The Quattro episode. I'm, I'm doing great, Danny. Um, I'm getting ready to go to the Daytona 500. I'm tired. I've been balls to the wall since NASCAR season's back. And then um, keeping up with all this crazy wild news that's going around on xfl twitter right now yes xfl twitter is a thing now we and so is aaf twitter as right now i mean what the fuck yeah right that's, that's pretty cool um and you can't see us because we're a podcast this is audio tickle but there's no video but if you could see me and chase right now we have so much room we got leg room arm room we got so much room to move around because everyone has jumped off the tampa Bay Vipers bandwagon, except us. In fact, I think I tried to. I think I saw Mark Tressman trying to get off a few minutes ago, but luckily he stayed on. <laughs> but we got a wind between my toes. It's amazing. We got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, it was an exciting week. Uh, I got the chance to watch every game. We owe an apology to a certain team. Yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Yeah. Before the clock struck zero in the fourth quarter, <laughs> I was getting messages. Ding, 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 ding. And I thought somebody had died. And somebody did die. It was my ego. Because <laughs> the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Nerd Birds. No as, more Nerd Birds. That's canceled. Yeah. That shit's been canceled. They beat the Dallas Renegades, Chase. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I watched the game. And this is not a bad football team. I was, I, I'll admit my mistakes. I made a mistake about this team. They're good. Don't think they're going to win very many more games. But they're better than I thought. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this much. You, we weren't alone in that. I think everybody, even Vegas, uh, had Dallas winning that game. Well, Vegas, listen, I was two for two this week, and we'll talk about this past week's games in greater detail in a moment. But the fact that most everybody, all the quote-unquote experts, um, and Vegas was wrong about the XFL this weekend shows me that you know the, unpredict- the, the unpredictability of this league is what makes it special. We were right. We were right on episode episode three. You can't you can't judge this stuff. I mean, guys that were listed on the depth chart as absolute starters, some of them didn't even play. And then you had Jazz Ferguson, who they came out the day before the game and said he is one hundred percent out. And then I look up and he's catching the ball in the game. So this was chaos and mayhem. We didn't know what was going on. That at pissed times. me off too because like I actually removed him from the lineup. And then, like, well, I, I mean, was like, he, oh, hey. He got one point, so he didn't miss it, one. I mean, yeah, but but it's like the principle. I mean, I'm glad it happened. Thank God. Yeah. You know? But it's just like the principle. It's just like, I don't know, but I guess like that that's that that's going to be a thing. There's going to be sneaky coach moves. There is some sneaky. And speaking of coaches, what do you think about the access that we have to these coaches? I mean, they're interviewing these guys, and all of them. I talked to two coaches on Monday who had no idea. Uh, one coach in particular, I won't give too much information because it'll make it completely obvious who this guy is, but he was watching the games uh, on Saturday in his hotel room, and he was petrified. His words were shocked, disturbed, bothered, um, that 
fans have so much access to the coaches, hearing their play calls, being interviewed in the middle of the game. He he said he understood it completely, but he was worried about how this goes in the week two when people know the plays. You know, they can hear the linemen still have to hear the plays being called by the quarterback at the line of scrimmage. How is this going to affect the game? So, uh, from a fan standpoint, I thought it was awesome. From a coach's standpoint, I get it. That's kind of yeah. unsettling. That, that's what I had to say about it, too. So, like, I I, lo- I think that what they're going for is, like, the full entertainment factor, obviously. Like, this league is no doubt entertainment. Uh, we were talking about it. Uh, me and Drew were talking about it on uh, GGFS. And, you know, he was saying, like, it was it was like he wasn't even watching football. But he was entertained. Like, he was so entertained by just watching the games. And, and I feel that, that what we're going to see now and what I fear is that if we have all this access to all this shit that we don't even understand, these teams can go back and watch all this shit. These other coaches can watch. Well, it. Somebody, like, else, somebody on Twitter said, they asked me a question. I said, why doesn't the NFL incorporate this? It's very simple. Bill Belichick. He cheats as it is. I mean, can you imagine if he heard coaches play calls? I mean, the good thing about this – uh, Pro Football Talk did an interview with Jim Zorn, the head coach of Seattle, um, about this, and he said he was absolutely shocked. That was his quote. Um, but, I, I mean, if I'm Jim Zorn, I'm super excited because now I have an excuse when I lose a bunch of games. To go Well, they heard my freaking play calls. He looks so – I know you watched the game, the, the D.C. We'll talk about D.C. versus Seattle. Uh, yeah. The first game of the XFL. I, I know you watched it because you were up, – My upset was looking good for a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I might have actually called this shit. Like, because everybody – because, like, I was just so convinced with what you were saying. Like, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to go with Danny saying at this point because Danny's done a shitload of research. He's very well connected in this league. And I'm like, I'm going to roll with this. And then I start seeing this. And I'm like, shit, nobody knew what the fuck was going to happen. Like, Including Jim Zorn, the head yeah, coach of Seattle. They, they came back. He looks, he looks, yeah, he, uh, listen. Jim Zorn, bro, what a, what a force. He that looks guy. so out of place. Like, I imagine yes. this. I imagine if I was a head coach of a football team and my son said, Daddy, I want to come to work with you today. And I imagine me being on the sideline uh, coaching. I look back and I see my son with a clipboard and some <laughs> earphones on, pretend like he's calling plays. That's what Jim Zorn looked like on Sunday or oh Saturday God, afternoon. Yes. He looked so out of place. I mean, I wanted to go. He looked confused. He was <laughs> so confused. Yes. I, I mean, I felt sorry for him at times. I mean. He's not a showman. He's n- not a showman whatsoever. Not at all. And his interview was, I mean, I was cringing. They said, uh, Jim, what do, you th- what do you think about the last play call? His exact response was, that was it. And then in the interview of Pro Football Talk, he said, thank God I didn't stutter. You retard. You stutter. I don't know, man. Like, I just remember seeing him, like, out there. Like, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. The team, they definitely got potential. Like, their defense. Yeah, Seattle's just a good team. Their defense is pretty well-rounded. It's uh, But, yeah, Zorn, man, I don't know. Like, when you go in the defender's locker room at halftime, and, like, them going into the locker rooms at halftime was what threw me off, too, because I'm like – it literally reminded me of, like, the beginning of, like, Monday Night Raw. Like, when you're walking into, like, the, into the locker room or whatever. And, like, that's, that's kind of, like, that vibe. So, it still carried over a little bit of the vibe from, like, 2000. And, like, with that – but it's definitely in a more professional tone. Well, yeah, and but halftime's only 10 minutes long, and, and as much – I mean, as many people as I know in the XFL, whether it be the front office or with the team, I had no idea halftime was only 10 minutes. I mean, they want they talk about going in halftime and making adjustments. You can't even adjust your junk in 10 minutes. I mean, like, 
that's that's nothing. So halftime is super quick. I love the pace of the game. But Seattle at uh, D.C., we said on the podcast last week that D.C. was a team to be uh, not to be taken lightly, and they proved it this week. Uh, the first quarter was a little sh- uh, shaky, but Cardell Jones, I don't know, Chase, I think he's the real deal. What do you he think? used his legs, and he's he not did. known to do that. And that's one thing that like that got me that, that's got me like really looking at that team and saying, okay, like DC's got a fucking football team. You want to hear a great Jerry Glanville quote about a certain quarterback who is a little overweight? Let's hear it. He said that this certain player will be a fantastic quarterback in professional football if he can learn two words. I'm full. That's a real Jerry. Glan- <laughs> That's a real Jerry Glanville Jerry, quote. Jerry Glanville is a is a is a force of a force of nature. Jerry Glanville is he is everything. Like like all I want him to do is just come out and bring the uh, the, the the fur robe that he wore in Atlanta. I want him to wear that in Tampa. Absolutely, he's he's a gem and a national treasure. We should love him and reverence him. Everybody should remember it. Um, yeah, so that, with that game, I mean, it was it was no surprise they came back. Vegas got that one right. DC, you got that one right. And um, and then going into that evening, who is it we had? We had the uh, we had Bart, L- LA, uh, LA at Houston, and yeah. what Rough a next. freaking game! PJ Walker was not even supposed to be starting. Um, I mean, he was not even the starter that week. He came out and he got named XFL Player of the Week today, uh, the day we record this. What a stellar, I mean, I'm not, I can't even joke, just an absolute stellar game plan put together by June Jones and his team and P.J. Walker. Um, if he doesn't have an NFL contract um, at the end of the season, then it's obvious the NFL doesn't know talent when they see it. Right, yeah, and you're going to see a lot more of that coming out of these games, but that game in particular um, was was one of the first like kind of like upsets, I guess you would say. Everybody was projecting LA to do really well, but with the with uh, with Josh being being out, not playing, and starting, that definitely changed things. But the Roughnecks still did their damn thing. I think even if you would have had Josh in that game, you should. yeah. I mean, I don't think the Roughnecks would have lost. You know, regardless if Josh Johnson was in, it probably wouldn't have been as bad of a beating, but. I mean, the Roughnecks are the real deal. I think they're easily – them and D.C. are easily the two best teams in the XFL right now. Yeah, uh, I agree. I can back you up 100% on that. The The crazy news that came out this week uh, coming out of L.A., the most wildest shit. Um, you actually were in the know. We're, like, right there when this shit happened. Yeah, so – that tweet off that day. About an hour and a half before anything was mentioned, you can verify this, I text you and I said – this is what I'm hearing. I'm like, get that I, shit out there. And you were tell you were saying post it, post it, post it, like, but I can't I, confirm. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I've never in my life heard of a team firing a coordinator after one game. Now, if he had been there for three years and this was an ongoing problem, I get it. But this is the first game he's ever been a defensive coordinator. And so they they would say they fired him and I could not I could not wrap my head around it. I didn't believe it was true. Um, and come to find out, 100% true. Pepper Johnson, the defensive coordinator for L.A., was fired this week. Right before that happened, though, um, Kimbo, our good friend Kimbo from yeah, LSU. Anthony Johnson. The team, defensive team captain was released. And so come to find out, Anthony Johnson requested his release because he was told that they were making a coaching move and firing Pepper Johnson. But, I mean, that's a big deal to do to a team 
one weekend. Would you agree? Yeah. So going into that, like I don't really know the relationship between Pepper Johnson and Anthony Johnson, um, but obviously they have the same last name, so maybe they're related. I don't know. But I'll say this much. Like, Anthony, I know he played in the AAF for the Memphis Express. He's been – I've followed him on Twitter for a while now. Uh, we were, we've been in talks before. And I know he was just itching to get back in the league. He was super excited about playing in L.A. And then when the news – I guess when the news came out that he was leaving, he's just like, well, if he leaves, then I'm leaving. That's that's obvious. Like, obviously he's set up pretty nice, like, outside of the league. Like, I know he's, he has a personal uh, fitness. Yeah, he has an online uh, training program. Online training program and all that stuff. So, I mean, he's, he's obviously doing really but well But as a for former himself. football player, I get what he's doing. <laughs> like, I think some people make it hard to, to, to understand it. But you're the defensive team captain, meaning that the success and failure of the defense, they're looking at you. When you cut a man's yeah. legs out from under him and fire the defensive coordinator after one week, all of a sudden the whole organization is not feeling very stable and they're looking to you to make it right. I, I agree with him. I think, you know, as bold as that move it was, I think he made a, a decision that benefits him. Um, he realized it, that, that there was no – obviously there's no integrity in that coaching system. There's obviously no loyalty in that coaching system. And it's like – you know, for him being from New Orleans, being from Louisiana, I mean, we're you know we're a very tight knit group down here in the boot, and you know it's fam family. It's like you know when you when you work with somebody, you know you're with them more than you're with your real family. Like that's that's your family. Like when you can right. show up and do some shit. Now I get there's a business side to things like that, but I mean, like I said, obviously Anthony really didn't care enough like about the team as much as he did Pepper Johnson. And that's probably why all this move happened. <clears throat> we can't really confirm 100% what went down or whatnot. Anthony's not really talking about it or wanting to come out and say anything about it at this well, I don't, time. I don't think he can right now. I mean, he was not technically released, meaning he can't. He was released, yeah, but one, he, one he, he, he cannot do. go to another XFL team and sign right now, nor can he go to an NFL team and, and sign a so future contract. Year. So right now he's kind of at a standstill. Uh, Winston Moss designating him on the leave list, meaning that basically – uh, even though that's not the case, that basically he just went AWOL and left. Um, so, I mean, it was a, a bold move that I can respect as a man. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's got it's to gotta have shaken some players in L.A., especially on the defense. And I know for a fact that, uh, you know, following that meeting where Winston Moss uh, fired uh, Pepper Johnson, he met with Norm Chow. By no means was Norm Chow in, in danger of losing his job, I don't think, but – I think that Winston Moss is trying to send a clear message. But what I'm worried about is when you go out there and, and, you, and you play football, there's got to be some level of trust. Trust amongst players, trust, uh, trust amongst player and coach. Um, so I think that Winston Moss, I get what he did. He made a bold move to show that everyone's replaceable. Uh, but, I mean, I think you really can do more harm than good in this situation. Yeah, he, he's got the that, – that's got the, that move has the entire XFL in in kind of like a, a fear, fear mode. That's right absolutely now. right. Like, uh, I was talking to a bunch of players, um, you know, through text on, on later that evening, and all of them were shook to their core um, because they realized that, listen, they may not give you a full year to prove yourself. And so you have guys, especially on Tampa Bay. Now, I will say this. Mark Trestman did make it a point to meet with his team and, and let them know, his team and his coaches, to kind of, you know, calm them down and go, I want you here. I need you here. But 
when you see, you know, words are cheap. And so I think they look at what happened to Pepper Johnson and realize that this this second chance may not last a full 10 weeks. I mean, it could be gone in, I mean, literally 24 hours. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just uh, – it, it's definitely going to be something they're going to have to figure out league-wide. And I mean, like, you, uh, for, for every other team out there right now, like, don't try to base all everything that's happening on that one team. But I'll go ahead and say this. There's definitely a damper in L.A. and uh, an emotion and just uh, an overall just vibe is probably – the morale is probably going to be very low right? at this point. So, And, and speaking of coaches, a lot of these coaches – I mean, we talk about players getting a second chance. A lot of these coaches are getting a second chance. And one name – I talked to uh, three different coaches that who brought this name up, uh, Wade Phillips, legendary defensive coordinator, former NFL head coach, um, he is a he he doesn't have a job right now. He got let go by the Rams. They decided not to renew his contract. And so they look at guys like Wade Phillips who are older in age, who may not get another shot at the NFL. They know that if they don't do a good job this year, that with a quick turnaround in the NFL, there's so many coaches hired, fired, and replaced every year. There's gonna be an influx of you know, popular names, NFL coaches who will come to the XFL and thus make the coaches replaceable. So the coaches are even on edge right now after what happened. I mean, it's 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 definitely eye-opening uh, as a fan. It's eye-opening as a player and eye-opening as a coach. Right, yeah. So <clears throat> Wade would be an amazing addition. That would bring a level of skill that uh, would almost be unmatched, I feel like, because he would literally come in there. But, but the problem is, is that you would have to basically adapt to an entirely new system uh, during the season. So everything you've learned pretty much is unlearned. So there's still going to be hurdles to jump there. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's never as easy as it might look. To, right. To, to and I, I don't think Wade Phillips would ever come in this season. But, you know, next season, I mean, if these guys don't prove themselves, I mean, you know, it's all up for grabs. Everybody's on the one-year contracts. You know, you got a couple guys who may have a two-year contract, but most everybody, including the coaches, uh, you know, they got one-year deals to prove themselves. So it, it makes it exciting. I mean, it's real life. I mean, if let's just say, like, if you had a job at uh, a car dealership and you didn't sell one car for a year, they're not going to say, all right, you got the first year out of the way. Let's try to get it good the second year. No, they're going to fire you because you didn't do nothing your first year. So it's real life, and that's what the XFL players and coaches are experiencing right now. Pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, back to the L.A. game. Um, it was a butt-whooping. The Roughnecks cleared the better team. Um, and I think that I, I I think that LA as as listen, if there was going to be a defensive coordinator fired on Monday, if I had to choose, if I woke up Monday and, and God said, Danny, there's going to be a defensive coordinator in the XFL who's going to be fired today. I you know, honest to God, I wouldn't have chose Pepper Johnson because the team they didn't look bad. They were playing probably the best team in the in the XFL, but nevertheless, Pepper Johnson, sorry, bud. You're unemployed now. Yeah, it sucks. A lot of people are making the, uh, the the jokes about the pepper and the salt and whatnot. So you can go that route. But, um, yeah, just uh, crazy, crazy, wildest news of the week for sure. Uh, on Sunday, we had the Vipers and the Guardians. And this is where all hell broke loose because I had just pretty much assumed that these Vipers had it all figured out. Um, I was doing some work on the, uh, the Bush Clash Daytona. So I was kind of focusing a little on NASCAR. I had XFL up as well, like on the screen. And then the next thing I know, I look up, and the game's almost over, and it's twenty-three to three. And I'm like, Well, you text you text me a Guardians. little you text me a little before that, and you said, 
what the hell happened? Yeah, like what is happening here? Yeah, I like, mean, like, and and I was just as shocked as anybody. Like, I mean, I watched more practice of the the Vipers than any other team. I got clips of them, and they looked like they had it together, but they did. I mean, they just. They looked so lost and confused out there. They were lost in the sauce for sure. I mean, and listen, I like Aaron Murray, but, man, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback in Tampa much longer. 16 completions with 34 attempts? Yeah. But, I mean, it's yeah. not even that. Like, they, they moved the ball good, but he couldn't, he couldn't close the game. He could not get in the end zone and, and score. Uh, this whole time, and I think we'll see it this week, because Aaron Murray's hurt right now. He injured his foot in the game. He has not practiced for the last two days um, over in Plant City, Florida, where the facility is. He's, 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 he may not play this week, but if he does, um, I think you'll see a lot of Quentin Flowers. Quentin Flowers is, as I said last week, it's kind of like a Taysom Hill. They had this beautiful offense that Mark Trestman designed, and it looked flawless, but they, did, they maybe did two plays that way. And so I think that, um, I mean, honestly, I think that, this was a game that they needed to get beat. I think that Vegas, everybody had Tampa and 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 uh, Dallas rated way up there as these you know the top teams. And I think that this was a humbling experience. You played football before. Sometimes you need to be hit in the mouth to wake up and do your job. And I think that's what happened this weekend with Tampa. At least I hope so because my God, yeah. I was if depressed. not, um, if not, then that means that the Guardians are really good. That means the Guardians are probably the best team in the league. If the if Tampa if if Tampa Bay is that good, but obviously the turnovers were the biggest part of that game. But I will tell you one good thing about Tampa Bay um, and they're the Vipers team that I do love. Uh, coming from a fantasy standpoint, um, when you're looking at their uh, their wide receiver Dan Williams, he had 21.3 fantasy points over on DraftKings. I think Dan's the man. I think he, he is. figured it out. He is. I mean, listen, if they take away the turnovers, this team is really good. Um, but, I mean, the turnovers killed them. They had a very complex defense that I think they are going to definitely dumb down this week so they can uh, be better prepared. Um, I mean, Jerry Glanville is a defensive coordinator, a defensive genius, but I think that with the speed of the game, 25-second play clock, a lot of moving parts in the XFL, I think that he has to adjust, and um, I think he will this week. I mean, I've talked to him a couple times. and What was that quote that he, that he said? About about the about beating. Um, yeah, so I teams? asked I asked him. I said, "How are you feeling after this week?" And I was expecting like dead serious, Jerry. Like you know, this guy is going to be like on a mission. He said, "Well, I want." I told the goal was from the beginning to beat every team in the XFL. And had I known that these guys would take me literal, I would have told them that does not include us. But now that we've beat Tampa. We can focus on the other seven teams because Tampa really did beat themselves. Not to take anything away from Matt McGloin, the quarterback from New York, who looked phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, yeah they Tampa, made him shine. Tampa looked. <laughs> I mean, I think I could go out there and play quarterback and look good. I mean, they they were terrible. I mean, listen, eighty nine percent of their passing yards and their their offensive yards, eighty nine percent of their offensive yards were on three plays. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, the dude had one hundred eighty two passing yards. Looking at it right now. 52% uh, completion rate. Yeah, I mean, th- these guys, if you shut down the explosive plays, uh, I think Tampa I think Tampa can beat them. Yeah, so we're, we're really going to get to find out, like, what, what happens this week, too. And we're going to, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, week two in the second part of the show, going over, you know, some uh, – But did some, you know this, that this, this, this concerned me. So, 
like a part of the part of football is the unpredictable, and you you have to like study tape and learn your opponent. Fox and ESPN, ABC did something that I've never heard of before. They made these teams play each other two weeks before, have a full on game: Dallas versus St. Louis, Tampa versus New York. I was not aware of this, so that the announcers can get like used to the names, names, and things the, like that. the action. And so part of me believes that some of these upsets may not have been like real life because they knew what these guys could do. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can hear the play calls on TV, so they probably were just like, okay, well, we've got this figured out now, so we know how to beat this team. Either that – Every team has a weak point. There's no – there's no – there's no – there's not one weak point unless you're Bill Belichick and you, and you cheat sometimes. Either that but, or the wires were crossed and every time Mark Tressman called a play, he went to the headset of the New York Guardians because that – well, look, we're going to sound biased to everyone that's listening to us because everybody knows that we're Viper boys. Right. So, like, it is it is what it is, and they got to bounce back. And the, the quote that he said uh, this week, what was it? It was that uh, we were supposed to beat every team. Yep, but now that we beat Tampa, <laughs> we can focus on the other seven teams. Love it. And, like, and I, I really think they'll bounce back. Mark Tressman, uh, I'm hearing, has, has really taken this loss personally. And he's – Oh, it too. It's just fucking horrible. Well, I mean, what gets me it – it It's giving New York false hope because now they think that they have well, some juggernaut me. of a football team. It bothers me because Tressman is known as the failure, you know, head coach of the Chicago Bears. But he has success everywhere he went. Multiple Super Bowls, multiple Grey Cups. The man's and, a gypsy. I mean, yeah. But I think that the American fans, the last time they saw Tressman on the sideline was – a terrible Bears team, and then he comes out with this, and I think that he's not getting a fair shake. So yeah, I have mad respect for him just as a human being. He's a great dude. So his daughter's awesome too. Hey, Chloe. maybe maybe he should just call us down to Tampa and just be on the sidelines, you know? Because maybe we could we'll help put some pep in the step. I tell you what, Mark, if you're listening to this, me and Chase are now volunteering our services. I know how much that interview bothered you in the middle of the game. They're asking you questions. You're trying to call plays. Let us do the interviews. All right. You, we'll put yeah. the headset on. We'll talk to Greg we're, Olson. We'll say, Greg, shut talking. your mouth. We're trying to do stuff here, Greg. <laughs> I mean, Greg, listen, let me tell you something, Greg. I forgot Greg about Greg. Let me tell you something, Greg Olson. It's obvious shut. you're balding. Shave your head and shut up. No, you let, you got to let him flap it in the wind, dude. He's got like the, he's got the Donald Trump thing going on. He does. Like partially. But no, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine Garage got Chase, and then we got, we got Captain XFL, the Lucha Megastar, like unmasked. Out on the sidelines, don't give him. Not no, give no, him. I have, my, I have my you, mask. You have on. to wear the mask. Yeah. All right. Well, he'll, he'll wear the mask and my cape and a cape. You know what's funny about the Vipers? That'd be amazing. Game? Like Greg Olson is his first time ever calling a, a football game. He did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. But my favorite part is when Tampa went for it and didn't get it, and this sucker who is supposed to be biased goes, "No way!" And and Kevin Burkhart goes. What would you sigh for? And he couldn't give an answer without sounding like he was pulling for the Vikings. Ooh, stay woke. Maybe he's going to the Bucks because O.J. Howard's probably going to leave. Ooh. Stay woke. I don't want him back in the division, Stay though. woke. Oh, yeah. crossing, crossing over crossing over podcast NFL world. Stay woke. I think I think Greg Olson's going to sign with Seattle. Yeah, we'll see where he does. I don't know. Hopefully, but Greg Olson did a great job. As maybe did, he'll stay. He'll as stay. did Kurt um, Menifee the night before. Great job, guys. We Let's talk about you. who was the real standout, though, in this last game. Um, obviously, it was against the Dallas Renegades and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Have to get used to saying that. Oh my gosh! Um, so Pat McAfee was stole the show. Pat McAfee did stole the show. His bolo tie, Pat McAfee. When he asked, I mean, the, the right before the game, 
The game is about to start. The, the, the captains are at midfield ready for the coin toss. Pat McAfee approaches head coach, the legendary Bob Stoops. He walks up to Bob and says, Bob, is your first game back after years of retirement. How does it feel to have a starting quarterback? That's an underwear model. And at that point, I went, I'm not gay. There's nothing wrong with gay people. But I'd marry Pat McAfee right then. Welcome to the fucking show. Pat McAfee's here. Like, like he literally, like, made, like, because I was hoping for my Vince McMahon moment where he comes out and this, that was the moment. Like, this, Pat McAfee is the new contemporary. Vince McMahon of this league. And he he lost his freaking mind during that uh that punt. Because he's so passionate. Oh my Marquette god. Marquette King. Okay. Gotta talk about that punt too, by the way. One of Chase's favorite players. Yes, my favorite player. So um obviously I can't go back on my word now. I can't be a St. Louis Badhawks fan, nor do I want to be. However, Marquette King, love him to death. If it came down to it, I would buy one of his jerseys. Off the record, this is an exact quote by Garage God Chase. Dang it, why does he have to play for St. Louis? Yes. Because I want to pull for that guy. Exactly. Big time. So, if he is literally the best punter in the league, hands down. He literally kicked the punt, literally perfectly placed it right at the one. And then one of the stupid nerd birds um, decided that they were going to hop on top of it and put it into the end zone for the touchback. So, you fucked up Marquette's punt because I will always defend him because, to me, he is like an island in St. Louis out on his own. So, I pull for him. Not for the, not for the rest of the punters team. are people too, and we like to acknowledge the great punning of Mr. King. Great job! Yes, but I, I thought Pat McAfee was going to rip his shirt off and attack. Like I, I literally you can't thought rip that shirt off with that bolo tie on. That's true. That's 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 it was dangerous. Beautiful. But I, I was, I thought Pat McAfee was going to attack the guy who knocked it in the end zone because he was so upset. And I wanted, I wish I had his number. I'd have called him or texted him because hey, you're, you're supposed to be biased. Clearly he wasn't, which I love. Pat McAfee did an outstanding job, but so did the St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah, so I was speaking – when I called them the Nerdbirds, I was speaking from that play. Now I call them Battlehawks because after they won that game, oh. when they were in – like, I don't drink. I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. But literally, there's never been a video that I've watched that made me want to drink in that very moment – like when they're in there, <laughs> well, you didn't watch the whole Tampa Bay game. You don't want to drink then too. Okay, well, I'm more of a celebratory drinker. I'm not a drinker a at all. Drinker. I'm not a drinker at all. But so, I promise yeah, we're, you, we're, if we're I would have had, podcast, if but... I would have had rum or something strong in my house Sunday afternoon, that Tampa Bay would have made me an alcoholic. Right, probably pot for me. So we'll keep it there. But um, I'm looking at just the sheer celebration force of that locker room when they did the Stone Cold Steve Austin chug. Oh my God, it was. I was awesome. sold. I was like, man, this, they're, they're cool. I can't call them nerds. These aren't nerds. And I had so low expectations, such low expectations are, of, Jonathan, of Jonathan Hayes, the head coach there. That sucker, he's the real deal. Like, I thought he – every interview he seems – he talks like my grandpa. And he seemed like a real nice guy. Like, oh, shucks, guys. Come on. You can do this. Well, I'll say this. We don't know if they're the real deal yet because we saw a hurt Dallas Renegades team. Yeah, but they're pretty solid, I think. I think that you're going to – I think they're not going to be as bad as – it won't be as bad. Chris, Christine Michael, um, I didn't really get to look at too much of his stats, but from what I was hearing <clears throat> online, he didn't really have that no, good showing all. at all. Um, and then obviously you've got, yeah, he, yeah, oof. Yeah, so Jones is the guy that's going to be doing a rushing Before there. St. Louis gets too excited, I mean, they can go two and eight and they would blow my expectations out the water. So, Kaboom. Yeah. So don't, don't get too excited, St. Louis. But I will give it to you week one. You were the better team. 
Yeah, so it was a beautiful week one again. Um, and so a couple of more news pieces before we get ready to preview week two. There was a lot of stuff that came out this week. Uh, for one, uh, Colin Kaepernick's back in the news. So he was rejected by the league after an exorbitant uh, salary demand that he gave in, looking to get the number right now. So, you know, obviously we've been seeing all the tweets coming out about the viewership and everything like that. So he was just asking for an enormous amount of money, and they're just like, nope, you're done. Fuck out of here. We don't need you here anymore. Kaepernick wanted to make more money than the entire roster combined. I mean, that's absurd. But I respect respect Colin Kaepernick for – you know, the XFL reached out to him and said, what would it take? Unlike somebody. I don't think he wants to play anymore. I don't think he wants to play. But I know who you're talking about. But, I mean, I know for a fact, an absolute <clears throat> fact, there was an individual. We won't say his name. We'll just call, yeah, we will. We'll just just call him name, Johnny Football. His name is John, John, Jonathan Menzel. He approached the XFL <clears throat> wanting a job ready to take the league minimum. $55,000 to play. XFL said, nah. And now he's bashing us on Twitter going, this league's going to fold. Yeah, comeback season's still alive if y'all ain't know. Just not playing for another league that's going to fold on you midway through the season. <clears throat> if I never pick up a ball again, it's all love. It was the most lit, most relatable college football uh, relatable college football player to ever do it. Did things my way and made it uh, way further than I ever could have imagined. The game gave me life, and I'll forever be grateful. Um, thanks for the people that buy with me to the end. Um, what a I've stupid been- comment. I did things my way. If you Maybe if you had done it other people's way, you wouldn't be 25 and unemployed. Yeah, that's, that's, very, that's very true. And, tre- and tweeting about jewels when obviously jewels aren't cool anymore because they cancel all the flavored pods. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of things. He's talking about his handicap. Um, I unfollowed Johnny like about probably like a year and a half, two years ago um, after he had his little barstool stint where he did the comeback season podcast and then he went to the CFL. Uh, so the best thing Johnny Menzel's done, about him, honestly, the best thing he's done in years is an insurance commercial. Yeah, I mean, direct. Yeah, he, he, he's not. I mean, listen, he was a good college player. Uh, so was somebody named Ryan Leaf when we saw his professional career panned out. So, I mean, Johnny Manziel, I think that it would give name value to an XFL team, but it would probably give you a headache, too. So, Johnny, um, shut up. Best of luck, Johnny. Yeah, to, best, to of, best your, of luck. And your jewel pods. Yeah. Um, and enjoy Scottsdale. Yeah, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, get you an account in stock trade. He loves the vibes there, Chase. He does. I do, do hear he, he loves said, the vibes. He said he may never leave. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he never leaves. I'm, I'm, I'm probably sure he's like the vibes that he's getting. Like, I mean, there definitely are good vibes in Arizona, but it's probably like from like his, his like you know his broker's office at Scott Trade. Yeah. Um, trying Let me to like say, Johnny is up. Futures. I didn't really care about it, but now I'm getting aggravated because here's a guy that was given a second chance by the CFL, and the rule was, hey, we'll pay you, we'll pay you good. All you gotta do is go to counseling once a week. He couldn't even do that. I mean, seriously, if somebody's paying you to play football and the only, you know, stipulation is you go to counseling, I'm going to go to counseling, but not Johnny football. Well, alcoholics Counseling season is not in. They, yeah, counseling season. 
That's what that's what needs to to, to be happening right now is counseling season. Yeah, you, he's he's not ready to admit to himself his wrongs. So yeah, once he know. once he goes through rehab season, I think he may be ready for a comeback. I'm ready, that's what I'm ready for, Johnny Manziel rehab season. Yeah, like, he is, I want to be there to like Johnny. If you, if this podcast finds you, I will I will literally you can just pay me the league minimum of fifty five thousand to come and follow you around and videotape you um, for rehab season. Because I feel like you're going the Michael Jackson direction. You're going to have a child, name it blanket, hanging over a balcony. Like, come on, man, you're better than that. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't don't uh, that that was a little far right there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you caught me off guard a little there. With that well, one. I mean, listen, I was as much as I don't like Johnny Football when he signed with the Memphis Express last year. I got really excited. I did too, and I was I was, a, I was a Johnny Football fan. Well, I was a Memphis Express fan. I was mostly I had a, Cleveland Brown gear for Johnny. Oh wow! So yeah. you're, you're like real Cleveland. Yeah, I my, like real, my, real my, Johnny Manziel my, my rather. Fantasy. That's the whole reason I got into to, to Cleveland was because of that. I, my fantasy team name. I was so convinced that he was going to be okay. I named my fantasy team Johnny's Not Dead. Wow, I was that deep into the Manziel culture, and then I and then I I got woke. Well, the good thing is Johnny concert. is not dead. That's a good thing. His career, however, yeah, he is alive. His rest in peace. Is dead. Yeah, R.I.P. to that. Um, good news for for uh, college students. So uh, it came out that Oliver Luck was talking earlier this week about how they may sign college freshmen and sophomores. So uh, I think the the comparison is like imagine if Trevor Lawrence had decided to take the 2020 season off with Clemson to debut last weekend for the Seattle Dragons, like literally letting these these college kids. Hey, well the USFL did it. I remember. Um, well, of course I was very young at the time, but Herschel Walker was you know he was supposed to be a number one overall pick in the NFL, and he chose to go to the USFL, which is very similar to the XFL in terms of being an alternate league. Uh, he was the highest paid player ever, four-year contract worth uh, like $1 million. So times were different back then. Uh, but he took that route. And so, I mean, I think I think that's really cool. I know you don't like it, right? Um, as far as just like college? Yeah, as far as like getting out early? I, I, I don't mind it at all. Because, I mean, the way I look at it is like if you are – if you were that like headstrong, and this is what you want to do for your life and your career, I don't. I don't think that the XFL may be the way to do it. But as far as like an off season program, like I dig it. I like no. the. I like the thought of like them going to get paid because the one thing that I'm against is like playing for the NCAA and not getting paid. Like you're still out there using your talents. The the college football world is a huge market. People bet on it. They sell merchandise. These these kids should be paid. And that's the way I look at it. It's, well, I look at it's it as indentured a, servitude. It's what ex, it is. Let's say you come out as a sophomore or whatever, and you play one year, sign a one-year contract, get paid. You can still go to the NFL once your contract's up. So it's not prohibiting you. You know, you're not exclusive where you cannot go to the NFL after the fact, but just during the season you can't sign with the NFL. So I think it's a good move. I think that I hope people take advantage of it because these, I mean, college players. Dude, I mean, they're literally broke. I mean, you don't have yeah. I like this as a program where they would allow them to play a season and then they could return to college if they wanted to. But mm. I know that it's not a perfect I world. Yeah, I don't know if that was, I don't think It that would probably happen. never work that way. But I think that that's definitely – If the NCAA loses a bunch of money, I think they would change any rule in the book. To make sure they keep their profits, but you knows? already got to know that there's going to be a lot of kids that do this. There's going to be a lot of yeah, kids. I don't blame them. Four hundred thousand dollars? Hell yeah, I'm coming to play for you right now. Yeah. And then yeah, if their talents are surpassed and they can look into it, but we so we haven't seen that yet. So whenever we see that first player make that crossover from the XFL to the NFL, 
that's when we'll know, like, okay, like th- this is where this is real and this is time. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to that. So, I'm fr- so let's look into week two. Uh, let's go ahead and dive straight into what we have to look forward to. I'm excited. I'm Like I said, I'm going to be in Daytona, Florida. I'm going to try to be keeping up with it as much as possible. I know you're going to be blowing up my phone. You better be. I will be. This weekend, I'm going to be a busy boy, but I'm never busy. Too, too busy for Danny boy. That's so right. So I got you. Week two, we've got the Guardians and the Defenders playing on Saturday. That's the early game. Uh, late game Saturday is the Vipers and the Dragons. Two reptiles. Got to love it. Sunday, Dallas Renegades and the L.A. Wildcats. And then the late uh, Sunday game on FS1 is going to be the Battle Hawks and the Roughnecks, which should be a very good game. Um, so let's go ahead and kick it off with the Guardians and the Defenders. This is the game where we're going to see what the Guardians are really made of. I, obviously, uh, Vegas does not think that the Guardians have what it takes to beat the Defenders. You can take the money line at plus 210 right now uh, for the Guardians, and it's minus 255 for the Defenders, and the spread is at six and a half. Yeah, so the the fact that Tampa moved the ball, being the disaster it was, they moved the ball pretty easily uh, on the Guardians. If the Guardians are the real deal, they have to stop uh, Cardell Jones and the, the defenders because the defenders are a real team like they're a real good team and I think whoever wins this game I mean if the Guardians win this game you have to I mean you have to say they are by far the best team in the XFL right now 100% but I mean this is going to be a tough matchup I, I'm thinking that the um, I think the defenders win by six yeah, so, I mean, as long as you get to assess kind of like what's happening on each side, I mean, I just think the defenders have the better players. Um, and and I think that that's ultimately what's going to get you where you need to go. Pep Hamilton did a heck of a job. Good job, Pep, head coach of the D.C. Well, defenders. He was awesome, and I think I have another great plan for him this week. I'm loving that. Um, and then taking a look um, a little bit into what we can expect as far as DraftKings, um, you know, quarterback-wise, obviously – our boy Cordell Jones is at ten uh, ten thousand two hundred dollars, um, and he's definitely well worth it. And then when we're looking over at the running back situations, we did realize the run game was not that. Important. Yeah, Presley did not put up some numbers <laughs> at all. So wide receivers is where that salary is going to be stuck at, and uh, we we didn't see Rashad Ross have the uh, the day that we thought he would have. However, he is still the number one uh, priced. Uh, wide receiver on the board at 9,900. Yep. Rashad Ross, I think they're looking at potential here. He's got great potential. If he ever, you know, has a game where he's not double covered, watch out. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. And then um, on on NY side, we got to look into the Guardians. Uh, Mikael McKay. So Excellent. That, that That's that dude. Yeah. And he is the highest priced in the game at 10,200. Yeah. McKay, so. McKay is the real deal, and I think he showed that. Joe Horn Jr. had an awesome showing. Uh, so, Joe Horry Jr. has got a great value right now. He has targeted a ton. He has tons of looks. Um, so, well, he's somebody to look at as well. In turn, yeah, and he's only 3400 So, I mean, they still value yeah, him. That's low, a, so they that's a good value. Like, it's a, it's a you know, you get a good price for that guy. He's a great receiver. Uh, resembled his dad very much. I think he's going to be somebody you should snag up and get you know good value on him. Yeah, we definitely – I think that if, there, if there's going to be one shootout this week, that this is going to be that game and we're going to get it early on Saturday, so excited to watch that one. Tampa Bay and Seattle, uh, moving into that one, looking at some of the odds that you can play. Vipers are actually favored in this game. Money line's at minus 150 for them. Dragons are plus 130, and the spread set at three. And I think the difference is, you look at 
the Viper game from last week against the Guardians, there was a lot of things that you went, okay, this is Tampa beating themselves. Whereas you look at Seattle, they were not a terrible team, but they thoroughly got beat. Um, I mean, listen, Tampa's got a hard, you know, test ahead of them because you're going to Seattle. This is one of the hottest, if not the hottest, XFL market out there. This is Century League field. Like, this is the 12th man in the NFL. Yeah. This is a loud fucking stadium. Most teams are trying to get 17,000. Seattle's closing on 30,000. So this is going to be tough for Tampa. They have to be focused. The undisciplinedness that they they displayed on Sunday against the Guardians cannot exist uh, Saturday at, at four o'clock Central Time on Fox when they play Seattle because Seattle will just dismantle them uh, otherwise. So I think that you'll see a lot of Quentin Flowers. I think you'll see a lot of the quarterback three Cornelius, uh, and that's even if Aaron Murray is playing. So I think you'll see all three quarterbacks in, throughout the game. I think you'll see a great. Um, a lot of options, and I think that you'll see a, a very simplified defense that's going to be effective. Right. So I'm looking right now at some of the uh, prices on DraftKings. Aaron Murray is still obviously at the top of the board at 9,200. Wouldn't so, take him this week, though. Yeah. No. When, when we're looking, when we're looking at uh, Quentin Flowers, he's at 7,500, and they that may be your best bet, uh, especially looking into the, kind of like the way you said they kind of play him a little bit, like they would um, Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill. So if Aaron Murray realizes he's not in the scrimmage and he stops throwing to you know he starts throwing to people on his team, um, I think that he's going to be a good you know. But really, the truth is, he can't afford to miss this week because after week one, I mean, if if Cornelius or Flowers has a killer game. Aaron Murray is going to be that guy on the sideline who wears a ball cap and sits next to you when you come off the field and talk about what a good job he did. He's going to be the third-string quarterback, so it's a tough spot for Aaron Murray. He has to play this week, but Tampa fans are like, well, we want you to sit down. Right, so. and that, that number one wide receiver for, for Tampa Bay, uh, Dan Williams, he's priced at 7600 So definitely take a look into that. Like and We were talking about Seattle's defense um, you know, kind of being a force, so – you know, if a lot of people are going to be playing the speculation, a lot of people are going to be looking at this money line that's set for Seattle. And I think a lot of people are going to be taking Seattle on that money line just because, but, but it, it, you know, with what we want to believe, it's obviously a trap. But for what I'm seeing, for, for what it is, for them being at home, I mean, it's, it's, you hate to bet against a team that you don't want to bet against, but I don't know if one week is enough to get their mental shift right. It all depends on what we're hearing inside the locker room, what's happening at practice. So as the week goes on and continues, I'm sure you know you can follow Danny at Captain XFL, and he's going to be able to give you that inside information and that in the know. And and as we go into the week, we're definitely going to see lines change too. So if you're a diehard Seattle fan right now, go 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 put that in because I, I would say that would be a pretty good bet for where if, things. If are you're on DraftKings and you must, you just have to have a Seattle the Tampa quarterback. Uh, Quentin Flowers is your guy. My prediction on this game, I love Tampa. That's my team. I predict, however, Seattle by nine. So you do think Seattle will win this game? I think Seattle will win so this game. So it's time to get over them. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's a home team. Um, you know, they, they showed they, – they put up a good fight against the defenders. It all just depends on where the mentality is for that team. And I, I don't know if one week is enough. To, I definitely, I definitely think they'll, they'll have a dog in the fight. Don't get me wrong with Tampa Bay. I think that they're going to try to overcome a little bit more, but they just got to get uh, their, their mindset. Is is what I'm worried. Tampa. About. I don't, I don't know if Tampa can win this game, but they desperately need to because next week they play at home against Houston. The week after that, 
They play at home against the defenders. So, I mean, that's – It only gets tougher for It you. only gets tougher. Um, and then after that, they play Dallas. So, I mean, listen, like – and then the defenders again. So, they, they need this game so bad. Like, week one shouldn't have happened. Tampa has to step it up. I don't know. The home field advantage obviously proved itself, you know, to be a factor this and week. that's wild that it's lopsided right now. Yeah, yeah. So – who Obviously, knows? Vegas is still very heavy on the ship believing in the Vipers. Maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we should be believing in the Vipers. We should, maybe we should. And I believe in them. I want them to do yeah. good. I just, I think that they're going to get their footing eventually. But I just don't know if this is if it's going to be this quick. Yeah, I hope so it is though. Definitely keep us in the know, Danny, for sure. Um, looking into Sunday's games. Let's see. We got Dallas and the Wildcats. This obviously is going to be a Dallas comeback game. Um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty heavy on that right out the gate. Uh, we got the Renegades are at minus 170. Um, the Wildcats are at plus 150 on the money line, and the spread is at four. Um, the the DraftKings prices that we have on here, I think your your highest bet is obviously Josh Johnson at 10-4, but we're still not sure if he's coming back 100%. Well, he practiced. He was full participant today and yesterday. I think he will be back. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, every team like – you know, the first game is the Guardians versus Defenders, 1-0 versus 1-0. Then you got Tampa versus Seattle, 0-1 versus 0-1. Dallas versus L.A., 0-1 versus 0-1. Um, I don't see – I don't think that L.A. could have beat Dallas to begin with. I think that with uh, all the moves this week and then Bob Stoops rarely – and look at his career – rarely loses back-to-back games. I think that with Landry Jones coming back – um, I think that Dallas wins by 21. Yeah, I dig that too. And uh, one of my hot plays this week is obviously going to be uh, Jeff Bidet at 8,700 on DraftKings, uh, wide receiver for the Dallas. Who didn't have a terrific game last no, week, but he was injured. If we're, getting, if we're getting a new quarterback coming in, you yeah. know you're going to see that. Now you're going to see off. what they worked on all offseason with the air raid, yeah. uh, without Phillip Nelson, with Andrew Jones. I think you'll see a different Dallas team, a Dallas team that will beat the L.A. Wildcats and make them 0-2. And the third game, I mean, the fourth game is very interesting. The St. Louis Battlehawks at the Houston Roughnecks. Going to H-Town, a stay down. It's where the championship's going to be. That's right, it is. If if St. Louis wins this game, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because, I mean, you can't you can't call it luck at that point. Yeah, no, that that's that's going to be skill. Because, like, obviously the, the Roughnecks showed up. And, and you got to love how... You know, this team is so uh, – these two teams are, are so, like, tight. Or the whole league in general, like, except for the Vipers right now. I mean, they, they, they definitely have their flashes of greatness. But, uh, but dude, the Roughnecks are going to be at minus 325. Battlehawks at plus 265. And the spread set at 7.5. DraftKings-wise – yeah, drafting. You, you got to get PJ Walker. That yeah. has to be PJ your starter. PJ is your top of the top of the list guy at ten six. Um, he he's going to be the quarterback the, of of the dreams probably. He's going to definitely probably be in the winning lineup. Um, and then you know you can't overlook uh, Jacob Tamu or Tamu. Still can't say that right. Yeah, he was very <laughs> mobile. Did a great job. Eighty nine hundred. Yeah, I mean he is he's a he's a real deal quarterback. He's an old Miss boy, of course. Uh, but he surprised me. I think he did good. But I see Houston coming out on top on this one, 26-18. Um, if if St. Louis can even hang in this game, let's say they don't win, but they hang in it and give Houston trouble, I mean, my mind's changed at that point. Houston, I mean, St. Louis is the real deal. Right. 
Um, another another person that we need to be looking at is Houston's running back, um, and that's going to be uh, Mr. Butler, Mr. James Butler, 28. Obviously, he's got some momentum built up. He's at 6,300 on DraftKings, so definitely something to look out for um, in this game as well. I'm sure that they're you know they're definitely going to be going up against Houston's going up against a little bit tougher of a defense, or so it appears. Yeah. Um, so Butler will definitely be in, in some of my lineups as well. But uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm probably probably going to go with Houston. I think week. that's the safest stay bet. safe on yeah. Houston. And I think that right now Houston is probably um, the true best team in this league. And just imagine if St. Louis wins. I mean, they may actually shut Vegas down. I mean, Vegas, I Vegas mean, close. everybody, every expert I ever saw, Vegas, everybody said that St. Louis would be the worst team. Yeah, and they said that the Vipers were going to be the best. Yeah, or one of the best, and it's, it's not the case. I mean, hey, St. Louis, I'm kind of going for you on this one. I don't think you're going to win, but I, I just want to see it. I just want to be surprised. Are you going to put money down at plus 265? No, I'm not putting any money down. But, I'm a, I'm um, a they, I mean, they have some of my moral money, like moral support money, like, hey, is it crazy? Life comes at you fast. It does. Like you just went from like being like totally against the Nerdbird boys to just they did some Stone Cold Steve Austin chugging and won a football game, and now we love them. Well, I mean, I don't love them, but I mean, like <laughs> you gotta respect them. Marquette King, gotta love him. Yeah, I love him. But they, I mean, they come and beat Dallas. I mean, you open my eyes for sure. Yeah, when you do that to the Renegades, everybody thinks it is. But that's the league, man. And I think week two is gonna offer a lot more insight. We're gonna be way better off. Going into week three, knowing what we're talking about, kind of seeing these trends, how the uh, things are going. And plus, we get more transparency this weekend as well, some more coach interviews. So it's going to be fun to see if, uh, if any of these coaches have kind of adapted quickly after the first week of how they can entertain and some of these players, how the kind of spotlight that they're getting, how they're going to use this platform. I think it's only going to get better from here, and I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. Um, so it's uh, – from here on, for the rest of the week, you've listened to this show. You know where to follow us. You can follow me at Garage Guy Chase. Follow Danny at Captain XFL. Lucha Megastar. That's right. Nacho. I, you know, I've never watched that movie. It's a great movie. It's I should watch it right now. But you got to get to Daytona uh, Chase. So, uh, for everyone listening, thank you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Do Tell it. your friends about us. If you really want to help us, just send tons of cash. Um, in an envelope or a suitcase, and that'll help us quite a bit. Preferably in Ziploc bags, freezer yep. size too, because I'm I'm almost out at the house, so I yep. need some extra ones. Oh, and hey, go on Netflix and watch The Pharmacist. You watch it yet? You haven't? No, you haven't told me about this. Oh, The Pharmacist is about a guy in Chalmette, Louisiana. His son was murdered. The cops went and investigated it. This dude named Dan Schneider. Just went freaking ape. The guy that owns the Redskins? No, not that guy. Uh, different guy. So if I get murdered, don't call the cops. Dan Schneider. Call Mr. Dan from Netflix's The Pharmacist. This has been episode four. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Be good.